Hey everybody, Max here. Happy freaking hump day. If you haven't heard our most recent couple episodes, maybe you don't know what you've clicked, but recently Johnny and myself sat down with Brian McGillivray. He's a brewer at Sierra Nevada and we interviewed him. And by we, I mostly mean Johnny. I was kind of just running, running the knobs and the volume stuff, but I pipe in every now and again. But uh, it was a great conversation, and it's uh, it's available. It's here. It's right in front of you. And this is only a segment of it. And if you want the whole thing, you already know what I'm going to say. Check it out on Patreon. It's about an hour. I think it was just over an hour that these uh, two nincompoops talked. So if you want to hear the full conversation, join us on Patreon. As little as a dollar per week, you know the spiel. But we super appreciate the support, and you get access to all sorts of fun stuff, including things like this interview. So have a listen to this first segment. If you enjoy it, consider joining us on Patreon, patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. If not, just enjoy the interview, the 20 minutes you'll get. I promise it'll be fun anyways. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. My name is Brian McGilvery, and I am a brewer with Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. And I've been in the brewing industry for 16 years. Nice. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi, Brian. Longtime friend, first time guest. Yeah, I'm excited. It's great to have you here, dude. Yeah. This is fun. I love your couch. Yes. (laughs) That's why I put you there. I knew you loved that spot. It's excellent, man. It's good to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. My cat's stoked that you're here. Tripp's going to be involved in this podcast, just so you know. We just got to keep him from yelling. Oh, does he have a... He's he's he boisterous? He is. He lets it fly sometimes, so keep it down. We'll be fine. Um, can I get a little bit of your background? Like, tell me a little bit about your history, like how you got into brewing. Like, honestly, I don't even know how yeah. you started. I just know that you make beer. For sure. Um Dumb luck is what I tell everybody is how I got into it. I, okay. Um, I started off, I did one homebrew batch, loved it. The beer tasted terrible. Um, some guy, I forget his name. I was trying to think of it today when um, he, he, was a, he was a cook at Olive Garden. He worked with my buddy Justin um, at the Olive Garden, and he was just this dude who homebrewed. Uh, he came over one day, taught us how to homebrew. It was so much fun. We brewed a red ale. Okay. Um, looking back on it, there was plenty of things we did incorrectly, and it was it turned out awful. But um, you know, I really enjoyed the process, and uh, we ended up going to the uh, Boonville Beer Festival mm. uh, soon after. Oh boy! And. While there, this was my first time going to a beer festival. That was your first beer yeah. fest. And uh, it was one of the years where it just dumped rain and we were in a broken ass tent and it was just miserable, but we were shithouse drunk. Yeah. And it was so much fun. So while there at the festival, I ended up meeting some of the guys from Butte Creek Brewing Company. And, you know, they were really cool they were pouring some beers that were you know really nice and i said oh man this is awesome and ended up stopping by their uh offices when you know they were still open here in chico and i said hey i'd like a job you know at the time i was a cook hated it just didn't want to deal with the public anymore 
Um, and they said, sure. No kidding. Yeah. Was was this Roland at the time? No. Or? So Roland wasn't with the company any longer. Um, it was the period after that and then basically up until they ended up closing. Okay. Um, so I started off um, in their warehouse, just moving pallets around. And, you know, the I might have uh, told some taller tales about how I knew how to drive a forklift and things <laughs> like that just to get my foot in the door. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were super cool about training me on how to do things and First week was, you know, putting orders together for distributors and things like that. And the second week was learning how to work equipment on the bottling line. Oh, wow. And soon after, I was running the labeler on the bottling line. And, you know, from there, kind of learned, you know, bigger aspects of the brewing process you know becoming a brewer and you know uh doing dry hopping cellaring and things like that and you know we were a small crew of people probably four or five people that worked for the company okay so everybody kind of did everything and that that was always fun we you know we were a tight-knit group and eventually it just wasn't working out um I ended up going over to Sierra Nevada. And that was my first stint at Sierra. Um, started off kind of cleaning the bottling line at night. And then I worked my way up to uh, cleaning tanks. And then, you know, filtering and cellaring and dry hopping and brewing. Um, just kind of worked my way up the, the ladder at Sierra. So nice. To speak. Through the production, um, I was at Sierra for eight years. I guess so. Let me go back a little bit. I got into the industry when I turned twenty-one. Okay. Um, like I just knew I, before um, I had actually turned twenty-one. I don't know how long you've been in Chico, but um, over on Mangrove there was this uh, bottle shop. Um, I want. It was called the Brew Guild. Okay. Yeah, this is before my time. Yeah. So this is the first bottle shop I'd ever seen. Okay. And I moved to Chico when I was 18, straight edge as fuck. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Through high school, I was super straight edge. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Wigs uh, is on the hand. Would not have guessed that. Yeah. Um, moved here when I was 18 with a gal, and then... Um, by the time I turned 19, started drinking a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Straight edge <laughs> went out the window pretty yeah. quick. Um, eventually like, you know, met some friends hanging out and then I kind of got into craft beer and I would pay my neighbor. I'd, I'd, I'd go with my neighbor to brew guild point out a bunch of beers for them to buy because I wasn't 21 yet yeah. and just basically hand them the money. And then the owner, nobody, I don't think many people were going in there at the time. Mm. And he was just like, whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's giving me money for, you know, this awesome beer. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that really kind of opened my mind to, um, you know, really great, like what what beer was outside of Budweiser and things like that. Okay, do you remember any of those those craft breweries? Any of the beers that were like really? You know, honestly, because I was like just getting into it. I remember there was a Bear Republic. A lot of the first Bear Republic stuff, like the 22-ounce bottles of, like, the Black Bear Stout, the Hop Rod Rye. Um, there was a lot of the Buffalo Bill stuff, the Pumpkin Spice. I remember Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Were they the ones that did the, the blueberry beer? They, I believe they did. Okay. They did a blueberry beer, and they did an orange, like, kind of orange blossom yeah. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, real introduction beers like that that I kind of got into okay. initially, like nice. every, like everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bear Republic's a great intro. Oh, Bear, to craft well, beer. yeah. I mean, Bear Republic's still amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't remember the last time I had a Bear Republic beer. You know, I it's been. I mean, I, I would say a year, but it's probably been more closer to two years since I've had any of their stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember Racer 5 being amazing. Yeah, Racer 5 is great. Um, I know they've been really pushing the hazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the last thing I had was the hazy racer or something like that. I haven't I haven't even seen that. That's, I mean, that's just chasing trends, though. You know, it's ev- evolving like the beer industry does. For sure. Yeah. But eh, I don't know if I would necessarily be into that from that brewery. No, but I think you kind of have to... Um, I mean, you have to pivot in order to keep people's attention. Yeah. I mean, that's how breweries die and disappear. If you just do one thing forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen plenty of breweries just not be relevant. For sure. I mean, perfect example, you know, somewhat locally is Mendocino. Mm. I mean, they were a huge, huge in quotes, but they didn't make a ton of beer, but they were very influential in American craft beer. Yeah. And they're gone. Yeah. Poof. Yeah. And, you know, they were a big deal. I remember distinctly loving Eye of the Hawk. Mm-hmm. That beer's great. You obviously can't find it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's that chasing relevance. Mm-hmm. All right, so take me back. All right, sorry, take, yeah, we kind of went on a tangent. So there. take me back. You're 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 no silver spoon for you. You're working your way up the ladder at Sierra Nevada. Yeah, so worked my way up. Um, worked at Sierra for eight years, doing things from, you know, brewing and helping in the barrel program and cellaring, dry hop, you know, all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, at that point, I ended up leaving um, to go run the 5050 brewing company in Truckee. Okay. Where we built a production facility which was uh great. It was, you know, an opportunity I would have never been able to do at Sierra Nevada. Totally. To actually build a brewery yeah. from, you know, the ground up basically and you know, we put in a big production facility, commissioned, you know, full Four vessel, fully automated brew house, big fermenters, canning line. I don't know what any of that means except sounds cutting edge. It's it was super great. And you know, running a awesome barrel program that's always been one of my uh favorite things is wooden casks and mm. 
you know, aging beer in them. Yeah. And, and they're known for like Eclipse. Mm-hmm. Like that's their, their shit. Yeah. So we did a lot of stuff with that program. I was there for almost five years. And then, you know, we had a pandemic and that kind of changed the world we live in. Yep. And back in Chico. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. It's nice to be with friends and it's nice to be able to relax a little bit. Yeah. And enjoy the other things in life that aren't work. Yeah. Those are always nice. You know? Absolutely. You got to have that balance. Absolutely. I want to go back a little bit because I feel like you kind of uh, maybe downplayed your roles at Sierra Nevada. Like you made some recipes. You weren't just brewing. Like didn't you have a hand in making some really renowned beers? we, We, so as far as what I was able to have the opportunity to create at Sierra Nevada was a recipe that was, uh, it was called maple stout. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no, that's one of the things I wish that I had the opportunity to do at Sierra was just like name things. Cause that's not kind of, sounds like that's a generic name. Yeah. You know, I want to come up with really fun, mm-hmm. unique, I don't know, things that don't make sense kind of names. Right. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Naming things is fun. Exactly. Um, so I was able to make that in our pilot brewery at Sierra Nevada and it did really well. We aged it in, it was a big imperial stout made with maple syrup, aged in bourbon barrels with coffee and it sold like crazy when we uh, released it for San Francisco Beer Week. And I believe that they've done a couple of batches since, but um, I'm not quite, I don't remember. Maybe one one. I was going to say, I can think of at least one. Yeah. Yeah. None Um, of them were as good as yours, though. Just saying. Yeah. No bias. (laughs) But I mean, the funny thing is I've learned so much since then that I would love to revisit um, just that, that recipe, but also like how to do you know a, a stout like that again do you think you'd make it better now um you know it's one of those things where i don't want to say i'd make it better now because like i th- I think i could make a, a a better beer but then like if you name it the same thing people are always going to compare it to the last one yeah it's like people are always going to think that it was better before when they're drinking a, a new one. Yeah. Everybody says that about celebration. It's the nostalgia, Everybody man. says that about everything. Yeah. Like, a lot of people it was don't always underst- better before. And a lot of people don't understand that they like breweries like Sierra Nevada put a ton of money into making sure those beers never change. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, Sierra Nevada is amazing and they are so good at consistent consistency and quality. Yeah. Like it's just incredible and you can't do that on a small scale. Yeah. You just don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. And that would be so much harder to control. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to be mass producing beer to keep that level of quality control. Exactly. You can't hit everything every single time on a small scale. Mm-hmm. Would you say that uh, Maple Stout was maybe a little bit of ahead of its time? Because I don't recall many beers coming out on the market that were dabbling into that pastry stout territory. No way. That was that. I always take my inspiration from what other people are doing. Yeah. And I and I say, oh, I wonder if I can do something like that better. Mm-hmm. And the inspiration for that beer was uh, CBS. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I told 
the 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 first brewers that I gave a tour of before we'd even finished commissioning fifty fifty was um the guys from Founders. They just happened to be in the Truckee area and I said, Holy shit, you know, CBS, CBS, CBS. I yeah. love, you know, this. I And that's the all. Canadian breakfast stout. Correct. That's yeah. a Canadian breakfast stout. That's where the maple syrup comes in. Yeah, and it's aged in maple syrup barrels. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's it's a big imperial stout, I believe, made with maple syrup, aged in maple syrup barrels. Dang. And then coffee hmm. added. Okay. I believe. But I, Okay. Um, so that beer predates your recipe for maple stout. Very much so. Okay. I mean, it's always been said, and I think it's always been true, that beer is very much so a copycat industry. Like, you have some people that break ground and go into new territory, but some people do new things, and then some people pivot and, like, take that foundation and expand upon it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you beer is, based, is you know, style-based, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's, a Kolsch, like I could go and drink a really great Kolsch over at like uh, Crooked Lane in uh, Auburn. Mm-hmm. They make an amazing Kolsch, and when I would ha- when I have that, it's like man, that inspires me to try and make something that's even better. Totally, and that's what that's always that um, the thing that I look for in beer is like I want to I want this beer to inspire me. Okay, um, I know. A few weeks ago, or maybe longer than that now, you had some of the uh, Ronin beers. Yes. Got to go up there and, and meet Charlie. <sighs> Dude, and- Charlie's amazing. I was just texting with him today. Um, the last place I went out was I stopped by his uh, brewery a week or two ago. Okay. And we're drinking the, his Pilsner off the Bright Tank. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And it's, you know... Super cloudy still. It wasn't ready, and it just tastes great. And it's got this little cap of you know foam on the top, and it lasts the entire time. And mm. it's so beautiful. And I, I I was I had probably you know three glasses, and you know the whole time that head just stuck with it until mm. the very end. And it's just damn, that's that's so cool. Yeah. And I just, I, I want to, that inspired me to be like, I need to make a better Pilsner. I don't with, think I've ever seen someone call a beer beautiful with as much sincerity as I just oh, saw yeah. in your eyes. Like, I think you just had a moment and I, <laughs> and I felt it because I've had his beers and I've had beers like that where it's like, oh yeah, this is why I'm involved in this industry. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and I'm not necessarily in the beer industry in the regard that you are, but like things like that, I mean, it's art and it's inspiring. And when you taste something that you can you can taste the time someone put into it. I think that transcends a beverage into something more like art. I agree. Yeah. And that's what I always kind of try and do with my uh, beer is I would, I I mean, I'm trying to make a great product that inspires something in the end drinker. Mm. Um, You know, I want them to be like, wow, this is, there's a lot of effort that's been put into this. This is uh, this is amazing. You know, I want them to share that with their friends because what what beer is to me is you know to be shared with people. To you know, I love having bottle shares. I love mm-hmm. being able to hang out with friends. 
I'm not really much of a drinker at home by myself. Yeah. I just don't. And never my wife doesn't drink. So and she doesn't care if I drink, but it's like drinking by yourself. It's not as fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean it, this especially with craft beer, when you want to like turn to the person on your right that you're sharing a beer with and be like, Do you get this? Like this nuance? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is wild. Like it's way more of a communal experience than a lot of things. It makes perfect sense that you wouldn't just sit and drink beers by yourself. <laughs> then you're just like messaging your friends on Facebook, like, bro, this is so good. This is why. Like, cool, man. Yeah, it's definitely an experience to be shared. I think that's why it's so popular. That's a big part of it. For sure. It's the craft that's, beer community. Yeah. I mean, that's what's really helped the growth of craft beer. It's just the communal aspect of it. Yeah. Which I think has been kind of hurt by the pandemic. But yeah. I think that goes without saying. Totally. Yeah, that's a good segue into what do you think beer looks like in 2021? Like, what do you think the beer industry's... What do you think of the beer industry right now? Boom, cliffhanger, I'm a master of suspense. Again, if you want to hear the full conversation, head over to Patreon. It's super easy to sign up. You'll get another 40 minutes of that. So if you like that, already off to a good start. Plus, literally years of bonus content with beer reviews, movie reviews, and a lot of dumb stuff we thought was fun along the way that we left up because we actually still stand by it. Again, it's patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. You can join for like four bucks a month if you'd like, and we super appreciate the support. And if you don't want to join, that's fine too. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. We will be back in your feeds on Friday with our regularly scheduled programming. Talk to you then. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And here's a word from our sponsor. If you didn't know, the Handlebar right here in Chico is one of our favorite local watering holes, and they have a fantastic happy hour seven days a week. From 2 to 6 p.m., you get a dollar off all of their amazing draft beers, dollar off cocktails, and half off bottles of wine. They're a full service craft beer bar and restaurant. They've got a wonderful patio that is dog friendly. The summer months are coming up, everybody. Get down to the handlebar. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy their happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. If you've never been before, they're located at 2070 East 20th Street, right on the south end of town by Best Buy and by Winco. You know the area. 2070 East 20th Street. Again, that's the handlebar, Chico. Go check them out. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.